Welcome to the Financial Series, hosted by Corey D. Moody, an internationally known CPA, CVA for over 20 years, and a USA World Champion runner. The Financial Series focuses on Bible-based knowledge about our personal value and financial value from biblical days to present day. Speaking from years of experience in accounting, finance, and wealth management, here's your host, Corey D. Moody. Well, thank you. Um, well, hopefully, we are, you guys got that little introduction. I'm not quite sure, but we're doing our best to give you uh, a full-fledged financial series. So we're doing the best that we can to give you everything. So today is going to be really kind of heavy. We're going to really dig into some, some numbers and some charts that you're going to be seeing. And you don't need pen, pencil or paper, so just Take that down because you can always come back and watch uh, watch the the restream and watch it on YouTube or even from the webinar. But one of, so we're going to kind of bring it from the world's wealth perspective today. And and one of the things as you've been going through life, you probably heard GMP, GDP, the gross national product. You know, just hearing these type of terms. And these things really mean something. And we have to kind of understand them. Now, we don't have to, you know, know how to calculate them or anything like that. But when you're in conversations and just how you think about your life, you know, it's kind of important that we understand that. So one of the things that we have is we have this, this, this screen here. Now, I don't know if you guys can see it, um, but it talks about the wealth, the GMP wealth. And right now, the whole world, we are, we are about $93 trillion. Um, um, and so you see the chart goes down. And what I'm kind of showing you, this is real interesting. This chart goes all the way down to 1 million BC. Now, I'm not going to get into a big conversations when God created the earth, you know, you know, scientists need a whole bunch of years to kind of prove evolution that we know is, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, from the biblical perspective, you know, we we're looking, you know, from biblical scholars, you know, from 4000 B.C. to 10,000 B.C. Well, 10,000 B.C., the GMP or GWP was 370 million. And I hope you can see this chart because this chart really tells a story of bringing God's word into perspective about the world. So if we look at 10,000 BC, they say when, you know, when um, Abram was walking the earth, you know, 8,000 BC, you know, we're looking around, let's say $500 million. That's what the world was worth, 500 million. When Jesus came, you saw we had 1 AD. So when he was born, it's 18.5. So at that point, now it was $1.8 billion. So 1 AD, the world was at 1.8 billion. Today, we had $93 trillion. 
So what's important to know and, and, and kind of come into grips with is where do we stand? What's the world saying about wealth? Well, the world's median, the, the world's total wealth is $418 trillion. Now that's wealth. Now I said $93 trillion as it relates to GNP or GDP, the gross domestic products. I just want to break this down just a little bit so, you, so we can get some uh, concepts and, and, and bring this whole thing into focus. So the, the gross domestic product, uh, so what that is, is that's what the world produces in products and services, 93 trillion. But the wealth is 418 trillion. So what we produce and what the value of our wealth is, is greater. So what we have to understand when we produce things, we want to create wealth. So those two numbers are different, but I just kind of want to just get your mind focused on what we produce and looking at wealth. So if you, if, uh, and I hope you see the screen. So it says the world that the, the mean and the median. So we're going to break those up a little bit. The mean is the average. The median is in the middle. So the world's average wealth this is for uh, adult is $79,000, $79,952. The median is 7,522. So with, let me explain the difference between the median and mean, because sometimes it gets a little confusing what the average is, you know, mean and median. So the, the median is right in the middle. So let's say you have 101 people, and when we're trying to determine what their wealth is, well, the median is you got 50 to the left and you got 50 to the right. That person right in the middle, that's the median. So that 7,000 over 7,522, that's what that's telling us. That's what that means. So we have to understand that, hey, where do I stand? So what that means is I'm in the 50 percentile right in the middle. So you can say, well, I'm above average. No. See, you could be in the 60 or 70 percentile and still be below average. And I'm saying that you remember when our kids were growing up and we all got excited. Oh, my child was in the 80 percentile. You know, my, you know, they tell us this percentile and we get, you know, we feel good about our child was in the 90 percentile. Well, you could be in the 90 percentile and still be below average. It's a misnomer. And I'm, I want to bring this into focus so we understand when we're looking at numbers. The mean, let's say, is 79,000. What does that mean? So that means that's the average. So that means you got a whole bunch of people below the average that are above the mean. So if you look at North America, you look at the United, in the United States, that's the majority of my audience is from right now. Now, we are broadcasting in over 20 countries. Um, so if you're from a different country, you know, your, your chart would be here. And I'm have links to all of this so you can kind of go back and, and look at it. But the median in, in North America is 82,000. 
And the mean or the average is 486000 So that means the average American, let's say their net worth is 486000 But the median is 82000 So next week when we start talking about ourselves, you know, because it was going to be from our individual perspective, and we're going to fill out our net worth statement, we're going to see where we shake out. And that's going to be real important to see where we shake out. So I'm going to scroll down a little bit more. And just kind of show you. This is the highest. Switzerland has the highest mean or the highest average of persons of net worth. And we're going to get into per capita and some other things. But I just want to kind of break these things down. And all this stuff will be available to you on, uh, on the link. And this is when I broke it down by region. So this is kind of shows us where we are and try to understanding wealth and production of revenue. So you doing the... Uh, election time, they always talk about economic growth. You know, that's something that's real important that they, that they talk about. You know, what's the economic growth? So there are several forms of they may call economic systems. You guys have probably heard of capitalism and socialism. And we're not going to debate good or bad about either, any of them, but just kind of give you just a little definition just to kind of understand because there's even more. You know, you're talking the world. So there are different economic systems. And we want to understand those, not from a definition, but just for our, in our own mind so we have a good reference of what's going on. So, you know, capitalism, you know, that's more about private ownership, you know, means of production and capital. And it's a market, you know, so you, so you need market coordination for that. Socialism is like a social ownership, you know, of, of a means of production. And that's more public ownership, cooperatives and common ownerships. So you hear during the political times, they say, oh, so you're a socialist. You're a cat. So they throw these terms out to try to put you in the box. And especially when they talked about health care, that's socialized medicine. But say they call it socialized medicine because now they want to call you a socialist when it really has nothing to do when you're talking about your, your, your health care. And I'll just tell you a quick story. I, I got injured in Italy back in 2013. And they took me in the ambulance. They took me to the hospital. They gave me everything because medicine, you know, health care is just free for everyone. I went to the to the um, pharmacy, got my prescription. It was ten dollars. I had no. I didn't have insurance over there. But that that's different than really your economic system. So they like to throw these terms to confuse us, of saying, "Well, I don't want to vote for this because that means it's socialist." But that has nothing to do, really, with the the, the full economic system. So that's the reason I just kind of want to bring that up because we kind of need to understand what that is. And then the other thing is how wealth is kind of, you know, distributed. 
you know, and one of the things I, I want to show you, and, you know, we talk about wealth and what we want to do, I believe all of us is this is where we want to be millionaire. And I hope you, I hope this is coming through is millionaire. Now we said, man, we're talking about the Bible and God, man, I ain't talking about trying to be a millionaire. I'm not listening just to try to be a millionaire, but this might be the wrong show. Because I'm trying to see who wants to be a millionaire. We talked for four weeks about value and possessions and wealth and what God really thought about it and how important it was. So I'm just going to read this. A millionaire is an individual whose net worth or wealth is equal to or exceeds one million units of currency. So depending on where you are, it could be the euro or something like that. But that is just your assets minus your liabilities is your net worth. So also what, what's in here is a chart. And this chart also shows, so United States have 40% of the millionaires. United States has 18 million millionaires. China has 4 million. Japan has 3 million. United Kingdom has 2.4 million. So there's a big concentration of millionaires here. And then it break it up by households. There's 7 million households that are millionaires. So what that's saying is you got people in households where both parties or multiple parties are millionaires. So just think about that for a minute. So if we are one, when we get married, we become one. Can we pull our wealth together and say we're millionaire as a couple? So that's just $500,000 a piece. I'm just saying this to give us some type of um, frame uh, reference, you know, just kind of a, a framework because we got to break this yoke about money. So I, when I show, I, I, I was happy about this millionaire one. And I said, I'm going to show this one. And how many people I said are getting uncomfortable because, man, come on, man, we can't be talking about being a millionaire. I want to do it God's way. God's way is becoming wealthy. Because with wealth comes power. Who do you want in power? God's people? I'm just saying. We got to understand this. So when we start talking about being a millionaire, and we're going to hit it hard next week, you're going to have to put your big clothes on next week. Because y'all might hear God one time. People are going to get a little uncomfortable because like, oh, I'm losing my spirituality because, you know, we, you know, we ain't talking about, you know, well, I want to be saved first. I want to do all, I, I want all this other stuff. You know, I want to be good. We get it. Not taking that away. But if we put this wealth building to the side, we miss out on the other part. 
And that's what we can't lose sight of. So I'm going to show you this distribution of wealth. So there's this thing called the genie. And what this is, this tells how a country distributes its wealth amongst individuals or, you know, every adult. So the lower your genie score is, the more goes towards, the more the wealth is, is spread out. It's less inequality. So if you look at, um, see now, Slovakia, Iceland, they're in the 50s. So these are the top countries that distribute their wealth the best. Now, just for a frame of reference, and I'm, a, I'm saying the United States, and this is not to say it's, it's inherently bad, but we're number 139. But you saw we were one in four in all these other areas. But that's why there's a huge gap between the poor and the rich. So that's what this whole thing I'm kind of talking about is we got to understand the gap. And the business term we have what's called the value gap. So we take a business as a valuation analyst. I can say this business is worth $5 million. What we really do first is your potential value is $9 million. But your value today is $5 million. You have a $4 million value gap. So what we do is try to close that value gap by implementing certain processes and systems, uh, having them understand certain things that needs to happen to improve not just their margins or how much profit they're making, but the value outside of dollars. Remember when we talked about intellectual property and intangible assets? So we're going to kind of dig into those a little bit more not so much from a nuts and bolts, from a technical, but from a mindset. And when I started this series, I said, we got to break some yoke and some strongholds. So there are value gaps. And you, we've all probably heard about the gap between the middle class the, 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 and, the, and the poor. The middle class is gone. So when we don't understand that, our decision-making can get skewed because we may look at something thinking this is what we need, but we don't pull back the onion and we got to see what's really, what's really going on. So that's the importance of kind of understanding those things. And I hope it's making some sense. I'm going to pull this up real quick. So, In 1871, oh, so now let me say this. And some of the biggest part of wealth of individual wealth is real estate. When you look at wealth, the biggest number from the majority of individuals is real estate. Now, when you get and you start getting to the high, the high wealth, high income, you know, most of those people have businesses that they own and have a ownership in. And I, I want to kind of you know, 
get rid of another myth. You know, you take Bill Gates and these guys, they own a, far, a, a small fraction of these companies now. So we kind of get, well, this is my company. I always want to hold 100% of it. Why? Sell 50, 60, 70% of it. Get that capital in so you can grow. See, you can't be afraid to share and understand and work together. And that's the same individually. So I'm bringing that in that who are you working with individually that's helping you improve your wealth, your net worth, to get your value up? If you hoard it, you stop your own growth. Businesses don't, they sell that stock so fast, it's ridiculous. So we have to understand how to bring people in. So we may be afraid to get help or bring someone in because we don't know. And so this is what this series is about, kind of breaking some of these myths and fears about what we need to do and understand. So real estate is the number one thing. And you heard God talking about land, possess the land. So we all probably heard of Spike Lee, 40 acres in the mule and reparations. And, you know, people have heard of that. So let me tell you some real truths. So in 1871, after a couple of hundred years of slavery, that's when the United States became the largest, largest economy. So they had 200 years of free labor. Then they were able to leapfrog Europe and some of the other countries and continents. Slaves were valued at eight in 1863, the value of slaves was $3 billion. In today's numbers, that's about $90 million. Just think about that for a minute. So what else happened during that time? Well, the other thing that happened was when after the Civil War, and the slaves were free. And there was a meeting between the top officials. And they met with 20 big black political people. And they said, what can we do now that you guys are free? And Reverend Garrison Fraser said, the best way we can take care of ourselves. So, four days later, there was a, uh, an, an order, Phil Order number 15. You guys can look this up. We got no more than 40 acres in the mule. So, believe it or not, we got our 40 acres in the mule. But guess what happened? Lincoln got assassinated. Then President Johnson, Andrew Johnson, took office. He repealed the 40 acres in the mule quickly because he said it was unfair to the white citizens. Just want y'all to think about that. 
That's the land. That's the value. This is why we got to get control and understand. And this is individually also, because this is the same thing that we talked about with Abraham, Joseph, the seed that we say we're from. I'm using slavery here in America to try to bring a little focus into, not to point anyone out. Because when we talk about it from the biblical time, it could be a little hard maybe to understand what's happening. And that's why I wanted to show you that scale about the wealth back in P, um, AD. Now there's another screen I have up. I have up. This is the population. So the population, 10 BC, was 4 million people. 5,000 5, BC was 5,000 people. I mean, 5 million people. 4,000 BC, 7 million people. Now, you know, when they went to Egypt, you know, the slaves went into Egypt, you know, this, you know, there was about 2 million. So half the people were slaves. I just want to bring some comparison and some understanding and not make the word so mystical or unrelatable to real life. For those who are uncomfortable that I'm talking about slavery in America, you know, I'm sorry, but it, it is what it is. But I'm just using that for us to kind of get a frame of reference or understanding. You know, they talked about the 400 years in Genesis. 400 years in America. The point is, the cycle continues. And it's on us as individuals to break that cycle. We got to stop thinking this is something new. Because it isn't. Nothing's new. What I say is they took the man, they took the manufacturer's manual and used it every five, every five, six hundred years. They just bring the manual out. Is that why we wasn't supposed to be able to read? We might have figured it out that wait a minute, this ain't what this is, this ain't supposed to go. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. We got to break this cycle. So I said this was going to be kind of a heavy day. You know, and this is and, and next week's going to be heavy too. And it's kind of like when we start, you know, November, December, we make New Year's resolution. What do we say? Oh, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to start in January. I'm going to go to the gym. We sign up. We sign the contract. And the first day we go, we wake up the next morning, we soar. We in pain. And this might be a little painful today. Might be a little painful the next time. Just like when you go back to the gym. You still sore, but you, you, I got to press through it. And eventually you work through it. But let me tell you what kind of happens in real life. 
you know, I've always kind of gone to the gym. I guess I can call me a gym rat. And I hated January and February because we used to call them the resolutioners. The resolutioners would be there January 2nd, taking up all the machines. But what we knew was by the middle of February, by the end of February, they were going to be gone. It may be one or two that hung on because they didn't work through the soreness or they didn't walk, you know, they just say, nah, I don't, this ain't what I want to do. And this may not be what you want to do. You may not want to be a millionaire. But if you start thinking, I want to be a millionaire and stop thinking about it, that makes you a bad Christian or even religious person. Because this goes across religions. But I know the word says wealth is good. Not quite like Gordon Gecko and Wall Street greed. That's a difference. Because what greed does is have you step on people's neck and hurt people and not follow the rules that were set for us that we read the last few weeks. That's the difference. So what we're told by uninformed people, oh, money's bad. You know, you don't want, you know, why are you trying to, you know, get people to be a millionaire? Because it gives them power. Now, I don't know about y'all, when you don't have money, whether you feel not so powerful, and if you, or if you feel like, if I had some money, I could have more power. And you got to answer that for yourself. Like I said, this ain't for everybody. What I know is when February rolls around, the gym going to be right back the way it was. Very few going to stick with it. Because you're sore those first few months. Changing your routine, getting up or going after work or eating different. Man, I don't want to change my life for, for health. Okay, will you change your life for money? Well, no, because that's bad. Okay, we, all right, just stop that now. We've already saw and seen what God says about that. So stop it. Just stop it. What's stopping you from going back to school to increase your value in the marketplace? Oh, the Lord going to bless you. Not standing still, not going to the gym, not going to school, not going to work. Come on. We got to think about this for real. So this is what's happening. So we lost. So the slaves in the 1800s. When they were getting all the, the 40 acres in the mule, and I think it only lasted a few days. Because <laughs> as soon as that thing started, Lincoln got knocked, he got assassinated. So we got to understand that. Okay? So I do want to read one thing. And 
I'm going to kind of hang up. And this is an Exodus 1, 7. Okay? So, a new king came in. So, now Joseph and all his brothers and all the generations died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. The new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing to, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites become too far numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if, we, if a war breaks out, we'll join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. I wonder why people didn't want certain people to be in the army. So put your slaves over them to oppress them will force labor and they built on um, Python and Ramesses as stored cities for Pharaoh. Now, remember, Joseph was under Pharaoh, too. So now you got to understand. So I'm going to clear some stuff because I didn't always I didn't know this. It, it kind of caught me. Pharaoh is a position, not just one person. So Pharaoh is like the president. We change president every four or eight years if they get reelected or if you know, when someone gets assassinated, you got to get another one. So instead of saying president, that's like Pharaoh. So when you read the Bible, Pharaoh is a position. So it's like, well, why did Pharaoh turn on? Because at first I'm like, why did Pharaoh turn on the Israelites who were slaves? Israelites were slaves. Why did they turn? Why did Pharaoh turn? He didn't. That president, I mean, that Pharaoh died. And then a new president, I mean, Pharaoh came in. And he was mean. Like repeal 40 acres in a mill. Special order number 15. All I'm saying is, we got to understand this. So remember, when Moses was taking the Israelites' slaves out of Egypt, remember they got scared. We would have been better just staying as slaves because they didn't believe. They didn't have faith. They weren't willing to work. Where are we as individuals? Are we afraid to go forward? It's no different. So 1800s, that brings it into focus. I'm hoping Genesis and Exodus is seeing just how it's no different. And not to be so mystified about what God says about wealth. So... He did not want them to become powerful and wealthy. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. 
and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. And all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked ruthlessly. So we gonna work, you know, we gonna work. And then you know, taxes came in, but we're gonna talk about that next week when we talk about individuals. They, you know, cause we had to pay, you know, they said pay Pharaoh a fifth. Okay, fifth ain't a drink, y'all. A fifth is 20%. So that's like the 20% tax bracket. So when you read in the Bible to say pay a fifth, you're saying pay, pay 20% tax. You have to pay 20% tax to Pharaoh. And we won't get deeper into this when we talk about us individually. But the one thing I just want to say about that is when we pay taxes, it goes to the government. Who controls the government? You guys seen the similarity? Voter suppression. Control. Because it goes to the money. It's always about the war. You know what the first corporation in America was? It was a gun company. Formed by George Washington, our first president. Thank you for listening to the financial series hosted by internationally known CPA, CVA, and USA champion runner, Corey D. Moody. Don't miss the financial series next week at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for life-changing insight about your personal value and financial value based on biblical principles. On behalf of Corey D. Moody, have a blessed and prosperous week.